0: Sure as God made green apples, someday the Chicago Cubs are going to be in the World Series, and maybe sooner than we think. Is he alive? This is going to be. going on, Cubs fans? I'm Sean Sears, and welcome to another episode of Lockdown Cubs, part of the Lockdown Network, your team every day. The Cubs are coming close to filling their final staff positions, while Theo Epstein is telling everyone to take rumors with a massive serving assault. <laughs> we'll go over the latest news to come out of the GM meetings and more in today's episode, which is brought to you in partnership by CubsInsider.com. Head to, head to CubsInsider.com for all the latest Cubs news, rumors, everything covered there, and of course, the Cubs-related podcast released an episode yesterday along with myself, obviously, so check that out. You can get Locked on Cubs on the Himalaya app as well as Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn app, Stitcher, anywhere you can find podcasts, you can find Lockdown Cubs. And then if you are a Bears fan, which you should be if you're in Chicago, I would hope so, at least if you're following the Bears this year, obviously been disappointing, but Locked on, Locked on Bears with Lauren Cox is actually going to have on the Rams uh, podcast host for their weekend matchup podcast they do every week with the opponents of the team that they're facing. So uh, Bears will have lockdown Rams. host. So it'll be kind of a cool breakdown to show you what some of the, obviously the strengths and weaknesses of that Rams team are. So if you're a Bears fan, you want to hear a little bit more about this matchup coming up on Sunday night football, head to lockdown Bears. Lauren Cox has it taken care of. But let's jump into the first segment here, coaching staff news. Um, as I mentioned at the top of the show, the Cubs have finalized all but two spots now. They announced that Will Venable will be returning to Ross's staff or returning to the Cubs on Ross's new staff as one of the bench or base coaches. They haven't announced where, so that means they need to fill quality assurance coach and another base coach. So those two positions should be announced soon with Ross likely having pretty high input on that. And then of course, Andy green was named the bench coach. And I kind of talked about this on the other podcast yesterday, but I kind of just glossed over green. I mentioned, I think I said had been with San Diego for three seasons. It was four seasons. Um, Green, an interesting guy, has a little bit more of a traditional kind of route to becoming a manager, Um, spent time in the minor leagues, played in Japan for a moment, and then began coaching and managing in the minor leagues for um, the Diamondbacks, eventually coaching, being their third base coach, and then joining San Diego. And he was apparently the 10th longest tenured manager uh, in baseball at the time for four seasons. Uh, Overall record with the Padres, 274. Uh, 274 wins 360 366 losses that's not really super important i think the main thing to take away from green is that he was dealing with a team that for essentially four seasons was rebuilding this season was the year that this team was exposed supposed to take a step forward after signing Hosmer and machado and that didn't quite happen obviously um you know they were eliminated from the playoffs later on but you saw this team playing well and it just kind of felt like the Padres wanted to go in a whole different direction a little bit, but I I like green. I think, you know, when you're, when you're making a change like that, it's kind of similar to, you know, Rick Renteria, or I don't necessarily think Renteria is an excellent manager, but you know, he was, he hadn't done anything to show he didn't deserve that job. But when you get an option for like a, a Joe Madden or a guy that's really going to change the culture for your team, it makes sense to maybe move on from him. So, um, Unfortunately, Green gets the ax, but fortunate for the Cubs, they get a guy with a ton of experience. He did at one point play with uh, with Ross, I guess, with the Reds in the 1998 season for like two months. There was overlap. (laughs) So I don't know if they like stayed friends or whatnot. The Cubs haven't really been, there hasn't been like an official announcement that Green's the guy other than Heyman reporting it. So I'm sure once the Cubs make that official announcement, they'll probably do that with the whole coaching staff and then kind of go from there. So, but I wanted to dive into green. I think it's a good fit. I mean, the Cubs needed a veteran guy to kind of help pair with Ross. And I think for a guy like green, I know a lot of people were saying he was analytically savvy. I didn't quite see a lot of that with the Padres. Um, He's a guy that I think is going to be able to help Ross just kind of figure out how to set things up. Maybe even just from a logistical standpoint, in terms of like how he's going to have team meetings, when these you know certain meetings are going to be happening, how things are going to commence in spring training. It's just going to be nice to have a guy that's that's done it a bunch as the guy running the show to kind of guide things for a little bit too. But I, I mean, in terms of who would have been a better fit, like maybe John Farrell, but this is probably exactly the type of guy you want. I mean, it's not like you have superstar guys sitting on the bench with you sometimes, but it's nice to have Greenback or nice to have Andy Green in that position. So, and, and plus, I mean, the Cubs probably know a ton about Green. They knew a bunch about Mark Loretta and that's why they brought him in last year. The Cubs have plenty of, you know, knowledge on the Padres internal operations. It seems like with Jed Hoyer being there and of course, Theo Epstein and whatnot, but um, they probably like Green. They saw some potential with him and it's always an opportunity to kind of get a guy who probably thinks similarly to the rest of the people in that room. So I like it. Um, Epstein today, Uh, talked in a little bit yesterday, talked about, uh, I guess today being Tuesday, I'm recording this obviously Tuesday night, um, but Monday and Tuesday, Epstein, obviously GM meetings, kind of had some comments about – rumors, essentially, how he doesn't like them, he thinks they're dumb, I think is, is essentially the takeaway from that. But Epstein did kind of drop a little bit of a nugget when talking about like rumors. Um, He did kind of take a note about the timing of some of his controllable players like Brian Contreras, Rizzo, those type of guys, um, and how they may dictate how this offseason goes. And I pulled the quote here. This was coming, Epstein said in the GM meetings in Scottsdale. It's not like it was going to be one of the gener want to be excuse me. It's not like it was going to be one generation of players and that's it. We knew when a lot of our best players were cost controlled; those were the years we could squeeze the most amount of talent on this roster. There would be difficult decisions and change ahead. At some point, we were just rapidly we're just rapidly approaching that time. That's all. That's kind of interesting. I, I and the things that Epstein's kind of dropped in some of these press conferences saying, you know, he's tried to reach out to these guys, and he told Dave Kaplan he's tried to extend all the main core guys a few times. You know, you always wonder how serious that is, because we obviously aren't going to hear the amounts and what exactly Epstein presented to these players. But, you know, you would assume it's been relatively, I mean, it's not like Epstein's going to slap him in the face with a terrible deal, I wouldn't think so. Um, But he also said this too, we're not going to contribute to this environment where there's this hysteria about a certain player on a given day. And it turns out, not to happen, and then the next day it's on to the next player who's definitely going to get moved. Um, Yeah, (laughs) you know, he just doesn't want to. I mean, this is like what Epstein almost always says, and so I think he's getting frustrated to have to answer the same question for the media, phrased a different way, which is essentially, have you thought about which direction this team's going to go? Are you going to trade players? And it's a fair question because the Cubs obviously have decisions to make, but they're, they don't know what they're going to do. And they have an idea, but they're not going to share that. And, you know, that's kind of where it is. And then he also kind of finished it up saying this the nature of the offseason, there are going to be rumors about your major league players and even your best players, and not necessarily mean that they're true. No one knows how the winter is going to evolve, even us. We have no idea who will be available for us. So I, I think taking any name that comes up in a trade rumor with... A mouthful of salt is appropriate, not just a grain, because I think they're usually untrue. Um, So Epstein kind of saying, essentially, don't believe anything. (laughs) Um, Yeah, whatever. And that's true. And like we've talked about before, rumors are rumors for a reason. A lot of trades, even serious trade discussions, break down a lot of times towards the end because of just simple litigation issues. Like there's a reason that there's people that have rumors that get put out there that are you know, plausible and probably makes sense and could be happening, but don't quite materialize. And that's just because it's hard to make a deal happen. A lot of players and a lot of front offices don't want to get burned on certain players. And sometimes if they hear about someone in their system, they might not know a ton about, or feel like something isn't quite right about that player. They're going to think twice because they don't want to get burned and, you know, have the next Fernando Tatis end up on someone else's team. Uh, Sorry, White Sox. Um, (laughs) But you know, it, there's just little things that can end up slowing down some of these conversations and these trade, conver- or these trade talks and ultimately just stall and end a deal. So he's right. But I also think, too, he's kind of sidestepping some of these questions. Um, I w- maybe not sidestepping, but he's not addressing the, the the true nature of that question, which is, you know, do you have an idea of what you're doing? He doesn't. Not yet. And it sounds like things are going to they're going to handle things as they come to them, which is whatever team is going to do. But. D Webstein has more of an idea of what he's planning on doing if X, Y, and Z happen. He's just not going to tip his hand, which who would? So I wouldn't expect anything concrete to come until the winter meetings. And then even after that, it sounds like a lot of free agents are going to hold up. It sounds like there was a report today that Garrett Cole doesn't plan on signing before January. So some of these guys are going to sit around for a bit. I think enjoy the moment. Go from there. So that'll do it here for our first segment of Lockdown Cubs. We're gonna to jump to the second segment in just a moment, but before we do that, I do have a quick word from one of our sponsors, Blue Chew. Guys, let's talk about sex. Good sex. Remember the days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence a bet. Listen up, bluechew.com. That's blue, like the color blue. Blue Chew is the first chewable of the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. See so you know they work. You can take them anytime day or night, even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever a moment arises. Now this isn't just for guys who can't perform, it's for any guy who wants that extra function to enhance their performance in the bedroom. For instance, most guys talk a good game, but if you're one and done, Blue Chew can help you fall through for round two. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the U.S., and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal with our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use special promo code MLB. Just pay $5 for shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code MLB, the tribe free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring Lockdown Cubs. All right, here a couple quick bolts before we wrap this show up in the second segment here. Big news of the day. It has been reported that the Astros were stealing signs not only just in the World Series in 2017, but reportedly throughout all of 2017 using a camera um, in the outfield. And then from that camera, they would see the sign and a noise would come from the Astros bullpen, or excuse me, dugout to alert the hitter of a specific pitch that would be coming. It's a very strange and elaborate plan, but it's... Looking like it's not just the Astros that are doing things like this. It seems like a lot of teams are going out there and going out of their way to get a competitive advantage. So it might bring more of a widespread conversation to, you know, is there going to be punishments for stealing signs? Is there going to be official rules? Because right now it's kind of just an unwritten rule of you don't steal signs. So weird situation. I don't know how much, I mean, it it has an impact. It's just hard to quantify. Like you can't say with certain, like, I mean, all it takes is the team to change their signs a little bit. And, you know, now you've got everyone confused. So I don't know, I guess if you don't know it's happening, but. Yeah, so things, more things likely coming from that, but that was the big news for today. Uh, spring training games will be happening in Las Vegas for the Cubs. On March 7th and 8th, they'll be facing the Reds in Vegas, so that's cool. They did not go back in 2019, so they felt like they missed out, so they'll be back in 2020 for spring training. There was a story that came from Gordon Whitmire talking about Brandon Morrow. Um, He reportedly could be an option, despite the Cubs paying $3 million to avoid avoid paying that $12 million option. Um, The Cubs are keeping close tabs on Morrow, who's 35 and does apparently sound like he's going to try and pitch again in 2020. Um, Joel Wolf. Morrow's agent had this to say about that. I don't believe Brandon would sign with anyone else until the Cubs decide what they want to do, Wolf said. The Cubs invested a lot of time into Brandon and money, of course, and Brandon feels a certain sense of loyalty and obligation back to the Cubs to stay with them if they want him on a minor league contract or something like that. He signed with the Cubs because he thought they were the best organization out there for him, and he still believes that. So... That's an interesting idea of Morrow can come back and be healthy. He was relatively dominant in that half season we saw him play. It was just a season and a half ago, now going on almost two seasons. So, uh, I, I mean, I, if he's open to the idea of doing some type of minor league contract or something like that, then, yeah, the Cubs will definitely do that. It, they, the article did end with saying, you know, Brandon made plenty of money from the Cubs from this original contract. He's just trying to go out there and pitch. So, if he's truly just motivated to go out there and end his career in a high note, Maybe it's an option. And for what it might cost, it's definitely worth holding on to and seeing what he has. So something to consider. Uh, the Marlins are reportedly showing interest in Nick Castellanos. He is a former – he is Miami native. That could make sense. I think the national media is still overblowing Castellanos' play in the outfield. It's not great, but, I mean – it's not anything worse than we've seen from other people put out there. So I think National League teams, after seeing him play with the Cubs for a little bit, think with maybe a little more time and getting used to playing in the outfield more, he could be a viable option out there, which cuts into Marcelo Zuna's market. So, hey, yeah, whatever. Uh, the Padres are reportedly ready to go after some top free agent talent, which is great for them, but it also means, too, that they're reportedly going to be interested in unloading prospects from one of their top top systems in the Baseball right now to fill some of the holes in their roster they might not be able to do through three agency uh reportedly uh Padres GM AJ Preller is poised to make moves so they also brought back their brown and yellow jerseys which were pretty awesome I'm kind of glad they got away from the navy a little bit just kind of meh if they're gonna go for something and stand out those brown and orange jerseys are the way to do it so and then one last final note um Michael Cerami from Bleacher Nation put out an article today talking about John Gray and why he could make sense as a Cubs target. And while he is obviously a good pitcher and the Rockies, while not necessarily a terrible team and did just invest a good amount of money into uh, Nolan Arenado and some pieces around them are likely going to have to start looking themselves in the mirror and start selling some pieces off. Um, They're in a really tough division with the Padres, obviously on the up and up the Dodgers being one of the best teams in baseball. Um, You've got you know the Giants kind of sort of sorting things out or whatnot, and the Diamondbacks are like okay, kind of, sort of. So for the Rockies, like it's just a tough division to compete in because they're probably trending toward me. They're just an older roster. You have to start looking at this team if you're not doing it now, unless things dramatically change for a season. They probably want to consider moving pieces. So he could be available, which is good for the Cubs because they need to add a starter. He's 28 years old and could – possibly fill a role here. He's a dynamic pitcher with a 96 mile an hour fastball and a really good slider. Um, The other thing Sarami pointed out too in this article that I wasn't quite thinking of is that the Cubs scouted Gray a good amount in the 2013 draft because it was expected to be at some point, John Gray, uh, Mark Appel, Chris Bryant out of those three guys, the obviously the Cubs at some point were considering taking Gray. If he was made available to them, they took Chris Bryant and it was revealed and, um, You know, other reports after the Cubs winning the World Series that Theo Epstein and the Cubs had every plan to take Chris Bryant, actually, but had faked the whole everyone out, I guess, to get them to think they're only going after Mark Capel. Um, But they probably scouted Gray and they probably know this guy relatively well. So, Maybe it's something to consider. He's come up in other trade rumors before. The Cubs have shown interest. The only reason I kind of bring it up is because I mentioned yesterday that there was something I was hearing about the Rockies having interest in Kyle Schwarber. I was able to get a little bit more on that. It was able to confirm the Rockies are seriously interested in Kyle Schwarber. So whatever that means, who knows. But they've shown interest before. So I don't think a Schwarber for great deals makes sense there. But, you know, who knows? Maybe there's a deal that could be made. So I don't know what the Cubs would have to give up, but it would be decent pieces. I don't know if Schwarber, if they're trading Gray, if it makes sense to add Schwarber to that roster because he's still roughly the same age and the same kind of timeline, but you know, something to consider. Always interesting to hear the rumors and where people are finding breadcrumbs, so... Remember to get this show every day you need to subscribe to Lockdown Cubs on the Himalaya app or whatever podcasting app you're using, whether that's Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, TuneIn app, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere you listen to podcasts, make sure you subscribe and leave a five-star review. Follow us on Twitter at Lockdown Cubs. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean R. Sears. Um, if there's something you guys want to talk about, if there's something you feel like we haven't hit on this podcast, feel free to shoot me a DM on either Lockdown Cubs or at my personal John R. Sears. You can shoot us an email too at lockdowncubs at gmail.com as well. If you have something you want to talk to me about or something you think we should consider for the offseason, I've got a couple things brewing already, but I'm open to suggestions. So <laughs> thanks for tuning into your Daily Cubs podcast. Enjoy the rest of your day. Go Cubs and. Don't take your room just salt. Get excited. If the cops aren't gonna spend money, might as well enjoy this moment while we have it, right? <laughs> enjoy the rest of your day, guys.